Good morning, everyone. I have a little reading I'd like to uh, read for you before we begin worship, and then we'll pray and we'll get started. This is from the uh, 28th chapter of Matthew, the first 10 verses from the message. After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly, the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and then sat on it. Shafts of lightning blazed from him. His garment shimmered, shimmered snow white. The guards at the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they couldn't move. The angel spoke to the woman. There is nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised. Just as he said, come and look at the place where he was placed. Now, get on your way quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. He is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message. The women, deep in wonder and full of joy, lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. They fell at their knees, embraced his feet, and worshipped him. Jesus said, you're holding on to me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. Go tell my brothers that they are, <laughs> that they are to go to Galilee and that I will meet them there. Let's pray. God, you're a great God. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for the time that we get to spend together. Dear Lord, thank you for this time of worship. I pray this morning, especially this morning, as we celebrate uh, the the risen Savior, dear Lord, that we can do so in a manner well-pleasing to you, dear Lord. I pray that that our, our music is sweet to your ears, dear Lord, that our worship is great to you. We love you, and thank you so much for him, and it's in his name that we pray, amen. We place you on the highest place, for you are the great high priest. We place you. Father. Uh-huh. 
eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so living, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. If you'll stand with me now, we'll have our scripture reading and prayer. morning will be from 1st Corinthians 15 1 through 7 now brothers I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand by the gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you otherwise you have believed in vain for what I received I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he is buried, that he was buried, that he, that he was raised, and on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to the one abnormally born. It's all bow. Our most merciful and gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you now thankful that you had a plan to send your son to save mankind and give us a promise of hope and life everlasting with you and forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for this country in which we live and pray that you will be with the leaders that they would rule wisely. We pray that uh, you'll be with those that have <coughs> suffered injury and illness, that you would restore them to their health, be with their caregivers, doctors, nurses, and family members. We pray that you'll be with us as we go through this service to sing our praise and worship you in a way that it would be pleasing unto you. We love you and thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Low in the grave he lay, Jesus, my Savior, Triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the 
lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Vainly they watched his bed, Jesus, my Savior. you <laughs> 
Oh, uh-huh. 
here communion um, show of hands how many people has a watch on right now okay how many people have a piece of jewelry that you wear 95% of the time okay how many people have a contact contacts in their eyes okay. the body has <clears throat> many different senses they have two types of nerves basically okay they have motor nerves and they have sensory nerves okay and of these sensory nerves, they do several things, uh, smell, see, but then they also touch, sensory, okay? And those sensory nerves are spread out throughout the body, and in different places, there are more sensory nerves than others, okay? Like in your fingertips, they are highly compacted sensory nerves, okay? And all those sensory nerves, there's the numerous of them, they lead to the part of the brain and it, and it triggers a bigger part of your brain, okay? That's why your fingertips are so sensitive, you know? You ever, burn, you ever burned your fingertips? Oh yeah, you'll know it, because it's just very, it's very painful for a very long time. They're very sensitive. Other parts of the body, those sensory nerves are kind of more spread out, okay? They're not as compacted. And because of that, they become desensitized a little easier. Because I probably, if I hadn't mentioned your watch, you had forgot it was there, okay? If I had mentioned that ring, you had forgotten it was there, and I cannot feel my contacts in my eyes. I just can't, okay? That, those parts of the body, the, the sensors are kind of more spread out, and you become accustomed to things. And that got me thinking, well, the kind of, you know, what does that have to do with communion? Well, about a week ago, I noticed in the bulletin that I had communion today. And I thought, okay, I've got communion today. Well, then I was moving on, and kind of, and it came back later up in my mind. I think I got communion next week, or I'm sorry, next week. And um, and I thought, okay, I got to prepare for this. And then it hit me, it's Easter, and I thought, oh, okay, then I I better bring out the good stuff today. You know, I got to be ready. So it's Easter. It's just a little special today. You know, it's just a little different. Bigger crowd. I've got a tie on. You know, uh, we're a little bit more dressed up. You know, maybe we're excited because of. The dinner we're having later on, uh, maybe we're excited because we ate too much sugar this morning when you stole your kids' peeps. You know, for whatever reason, it's just a little bigger. I mean, Jamie's got, you're killing it today. I mean, he's got the big sermon plan. And there might be a rumor he might be dressed as an Easter bunny. I don't know. Can't deny nor confirm that. So, But it's just a little bigger. Which then got me thinking about those nerves. And I thought, as I'm thinking, what, what am I going to say? And I thought, Aaron, you've been up for communion many times. And it's like, well... But am I not going to tell you the same story that I would tell you on the third Sunday of August? Would I not tell you about the body that was, going to, that was broken on that cross? Was I not going to tell you about the blood that was shed? And it was like, yeah, I'm telling, I'm telling that same story. And I'm thinking, it shouldn't be any bigger today than it was last Sunday. 
or six months from now on a Sunday. And, 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 I, and I thought to myself, I thought, how do I do that? How do I, because I have sat there, I, I was baptized in 1990, so you can do the math, but I've sat through a couple communions in my life. And there have been some communions that I've been right there, and I'm just there on the word. And there are other communions that I'm wrestling kids, trying to get a bottle, uh, you know, or break up a fight or something, or I'm worried about my day of work, or, or I'm up there and Eric and I are counting money and all of a sudden one of us looks at each other, it's communion, and we're sprinting down to try to get our communion cup. It's just sometimes it's, I don't want to say it's not important, but I'm not as sensitive to it. And, and, and that's what we've got to lock into our daily life, you know, our weekly life. You know, how do we make every Sunday Easter? How do we m make sure that that story is, we're just as so attuned to it and we're so sensitive to it that it just burns, just burns us or, or lights us right up. And, and those are the things, and I, I was thinking about it, and I, and I want that, yes, today's Easter, but man, that story is the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. And, it's, and what a wonderful story, and it should just light us all on fire every single time we hear it. Would you bow with me? Dear only Father, we're just thankful for this day you've given us. We're thankful for this opportunity to come together, Lord, as a, as a family, to sit down at your table, Lord. And we are just so thankful that your son, that you sent your son uh, to die on that cross. And because of that broken body uh, on that cross, that we have a chance for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue the, our prayer. Again, Lord, we just come to you uh, just again thankful, Lord. Thankful that uh, that blood that was shed on the cross, Lord, uh, was again 
for us, uh, that your son died for us, Lord, and that again, that we have a chance for eternal life. It's in Jesus' name, amen. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising up and I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus. Amen. 
costume that Kristen said to tie wasn't working with it man thanks um a couple of things real quickly um you might notice new eyewear this isn't a fashion statement or anything like that um this is the first pair of glasses that fit my prescription since I detached my retina in May on May 26 I was throwing strawberries back and forth with Zach Higby and when he threw one there were like six strawberries or 10, and I'm like, what is that? And I tried to catch it, and I was, it was, it was and it, we kept doing this, and something was weird, and I go see Doc Counter, and I have a new pair of glasses, and everybody will be wearing these soon. Um, he's like a five-tool player, you know? I mean, if this were baseball, if we were on ESPN, Doc, I appreciate that humor, encouragement, you love your family, you love the Lord. All right, enough of that. If you went to the egg hunt yesterday, thank you. If you didn't, sorry, you missed that. Everybody who participated... <laughs> Thank you. It was wonderful for, man, it's just wonderful who you are and what you do, sunshine. We appreciate you. All right, enough of that said. Time to get moving on with this, so let's pray together. God, thanks. It is good to be together here this morning with your children, and I thank you for the ability to see everyone here so well. And I rejoice and thank you for all the prayers and all the love and all the encouragement that's been a part of this road. But Father, deeper than struggles with vision and things like that, Father. Our, our lives are forever changed because of what we celebrate today. Our eternity has changed because of you and all you are and all you've done for us. So help us to see that fresh today. Help us to see it fresh today. Um, encourage us, bless us, draw us near to you. Thanks so much for family, friends, and loved ones. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So over the last few weeks, if you've been studying with us or staying with us, um, we started off with uh, four, week, th four weeks ago, God's relationship with his people. And remember, we trekked through the Old Testament, you know, for all the way through the Old Testament. It was powerful, the reminder that God is after his people. He loves his people. He's never giving up on his people. The Old Testament is not a story of God smacking his children around and smacking people around. It's a story of his relentless pursuit of broken, lost, struggling people. When you battle, I'm going to keep coming after you. When you battle, I'm going to keep coming after you. And though sometimes there may be some discipline and some heartache, I'm still coming after you. The discipline is part of the rescue. Uh, three weeks ago, Emmanuel, God with us, sub, subtitle, um, Jesus the Better Moses. And we talked about how Moses and Jesus' lives in Matthew, you know, um, kind of paralleled until Jesus did it right, where Moses and the Israelites struggled. Last week, Jesus paid it all, right? We talked about the, we talked about, 
Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, what that is, what it was, you know, you know, you were here, for those of you who are here. If not, that's the thing we were focused on, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and the hope of all of that. This morning, um, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. You see the subtitle there. What, what I may, may have wanted to title it was, this changes everything. This changes everything. For, for you who are struggling with whatever you're struggling with, and if you could just for a little bit here today, it's um, 11... I don't know, 43, don't watch your clocks any more than that, okay, let's just leave that alone. But at 11.43, for the next bit, would you just like take everything you have and just set it here on your lap? All your brokenness, all your struggle, all your shame, all your blame, all the struggle that you can't get past, just, just sit it here for just a few minutes. And, and let's see what God does with it through his son. Let's see what hope he can bring to us. Because if this is true, it changes everything. And if it changes everything, wow, what would that mean for us? So first scripture we want to share here this morning is Isaiah, a little bit of prophecy. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. And, and so he's, he, there's this press that something's coming on this one. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And so if you're, if you're wondering what that would mean and what that would look like or what we should be thinking on that, you should be thinking that he's doing something for you. And if you believe that Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrifice, the one for all, that God didn't just have to kill somebody to keep from killing you, but that he was atoning for you, that he was making you pure, and he was also putting away sin, uh, um, um, crucifying your sin, doing away with that, then you understand what that kind of means to you, right? Romans 5 at just the right time, while we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man some might possibly dare to die. But, but we're not that good. No one's going to die for you. Sunshine's not going to die for you. We love you. But God demonstrates his love in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. In, in Romans 8, he says, there is now no condemnation. Nobody gets to condemn you. For those who are in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, which is the, 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 um, the, the, the covenant you're under now, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the old, the law of sin and death. Hang on to that. Think about that. Wrestle with that. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. It's the scandal of the cross. It's the scandal of the cross that God took the one that was perfect and put him in those who were imperfect's place and took those who were imperfect and put him in the place of the one that was perfect. That's you. That's because of love. You're not getting that anywhere else. Nobody else offers you this. Nowhere are you given this kind of hope. And so Jesus says, I told you to the, to the Pharisees, he said, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am him. For those of you who are maybe college students, teens or whatever, Jesus was him. Jesus is him. Unless you believe that I am him, you will die in your sins. Jesus is him. 
Unless you believe that I am him, you will die in your sins. Not the church is him. Not my grandpa's him. Not my dad was him. My dad was a good man, but my dad is not him. There's nobody else, no patriarch, no matriarch, nobody in your story that's him. Nobody, no church, no perfection, no nothing, nothing you hope for, no law, no rule, no nothing, no tradition. It's him. There's one him. And he does not offer you terror. He doesn't offer, does not offer you fear. He offers you lo- love, hope, and acceptance. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Not so you would go around going, oh, no, but so you go around going, I know the way now. I'm trying to tell you the way. I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so how would he say that? Right here. He says that right here. He was pierced for hours. He became what we couldn't. And so then, then the story would unfold. If this is true, if this is true, what we left with last week, what happens? Where's the hope? Because I tell you, um, if Jesus stays in the grave, Paul says if Christ isn't resurrected, We wasted our lives. This is nothing, and you're meeting here for no reason at all, except just to sing a few songs of some cool social group, you know? (laughs) It's getting you nowhere. If Jesus didn't resurrect, you can't go back to the old way and hope it's going to get you somewhere. There's no other. If Jesus did not resurrect, if he is not resurrected. So a little story from Scripture there's a foreshadow, as we talked about in the teen class. Thank you, Madison McKenzie, who jumped on that really well back there that day. Jesus and, and a paralytic, right? Jesus is teaching. The people can't stay away from him. The room's packed because if Jesus came here, you'd go get your friends too. He's the coolest. He's the most awesome. You just want to hang out with him. He just looked at me, and I was like, Wow. I've never seen love like that. I've never seen acceptance like that or hope like that. And that's what he's doing for all of us today. You can't get far enough or be hopeless enough. He wants you and he loves you, regardless of where you are, where you've lived, what you've done, or what you've been. And so they're bringing everybody there, and there's this paralytic, and his friends are like, hey, we should take our friend the paralytic to uh, Jesus, because we don't have his name, all right? So we should take him to Jesus. They get there, and the place is packed. And so they go up on the roof, and they tear back the roof. You know the story. Jesus is teaching. And then the, and then the paralyzed man, you know, just kind of lowers down through the roof or down th- right in front of Jesus. He's talking, and the guy just comes down like, you know, a spider or something. He's just like, and Jesus is like, hey, your sins are forgiven. And they're like, fears you know, they're like, wait, 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 wait. Who could say? This is blasphemy. Who can say that the sins are forgiven? Nobody has the authority on earth to do that kind of thing, and Jesus knows what they're saying because Jesus is awesome and knows everything. And he says this, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? And what our teens could explain so well, our college students could explain so well, and a lot of us could explain so well, but, but some of us, we don't make this leap Scripture has to come to life to you. Come alive to you. The story has to connect. It's in, it's in, you know, it's in order. It fits. It's in context. Jesus asked the question, which is easier, to say, get up, take your mat, and walk, or say your sins are forgiven? Well, the natural thing to do with you would say, well, I mean, we can't see sins forgiven, so it would be easier for you to say sins are forgiven. You could still be a joke. You could still be a liar and say sins are forgiven because we can't see sins are forgiven, and Jesus knows this. So he says... Get up, take your mat, and walk. 
He says that, which is easier. And he says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This Jesus, when he shows up, I've never seen anything like him. Nobody does these kinds of things. But he gives us some foreshadowing here for where we are today. It's easier to just talk a big talk. It's easier for me to say something, but where's the evidence that it's true? And the speech says, easier to say, get to your center, or take your mat and walk. And when the man got up, Jesus was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> what you got for me now? I'm him. I'm, I'm the one. What do you have for me now? Because they had nothing except for wow. Because the getting up and walking was proof of the forgiveness. And so you hold your breath today. If you're not holding your breath, you know how the story ends. You've got to read the last chapter in the book, right? <laughs> you know how this ends. But if you didn't know how this ends, if you were one of the people at the time, you're holding your breath going, seriously? He said he was going to forgive our sins, and then he died. He's going to forgive our sins, and then there's nothing left. It's over for us. And so the press for them then is, what happens? Where do we go from here? And so, as was mentioned in, in the reading before, and then the, as Sean read, and as Lonnie read, we go into Matthew, because Matthew's version of this is so powerful. Sorry, clicking through. So the, 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 the Mary, you know, and the ladies, they're running to see Jesus. It's early in the morning on resurrection morning, though they didn't know it would be called resurrection morning. This is Matthew 28, 5 through 10. It says, the angel said to the woman, because they get there, and there's no Jesus. There, he's not in the tomb anymore. It says, he's not here. Do not be afraid. Uh, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. He did what he said he was going to do. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. Now I have told you. And pressing a little further, so the women hurried along or hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. That's the Jesus thing, right? Wow. Not, oh, no, but wow, a reverent awe, but filled with joy. And ran to tell his disciples, and suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So Jesus, in the moment, he's being, he's, he is resurrected, and they're watching. You know, they're like, what's going on? And you have to understand, this isn't normal. <laughs> he raised Right, the, the, the widow's son, he raised Lazarus, but it's not normal. You, you, know, you haven't seen anybody raised from the dead lately, right? You've certainly not seen someone raise themselves from the dead. So, so it's really weird. The question you have to ask yourself quickly is, and you have to wrestle with this, what do I feel? What do I think? What's going on with this? Do I believe this could be true or is true? Because if this is true, this changes Everything. The cross, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus is the monumental 
reality of history. It is the greatest moment in history. It is the greatest moment of your story, of your life, but of mankind from beginning to the end of this thing. It is the greatest moment. Whether, and here's the important thing, whether I believe it is or not, everything is marked by Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So Mark has given us some hints. You've got to watch Mark for just a couple of minutes because he's trying to indicate to you how true the story is. And the first one would say, we would say is that women, Mark included women in a story. Now that's weird. You don't think anything about it. I don't think that much about it until I realize women have no say, no power in the culture that we're talking about here. Their testimony didn't hold up in court. They had nothing. They couldn't, you know, they, when, when the, one of the reasons that he, the, this need about Jesus raising the woman of Nain's son, the widow, is because she had no male in her story anymore. So she was just a nobody. But, but Matthew includes the women went and it gained him nothing. And actually, it, actually, it, did, it didn't help his account in, in people's eyes to be any more true because they didn't believe women, they didn't trust Women, sorry, ladies, I think you're awesome. But they did not buy the story. But, but Matthew's like, hey, it's true, so I'm putting in the story. The women went first. The women went and told because they were nobodies in the culture. And Matthew's like, oh, no, 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 this is. And so you're supposed to be going, wow, that's odd. I just always read that. It's just the women went to, no, no, no. Matthew's trying to say something. There's power in this. The next part of it would be how much his disciples or his followers, they all risk their lives, but especially the disciples. You know, everyone to the man would die for this story. Would you die for a lie? Like if, if one of us stood up here today and said, hey, this is what we're going to do from now on. This is what we're going to say, and this is how we're going to live our lives. You know it's a lie. We know it's a lie, and you know you're going to die for it. Your, your kids are going to die for it. Everyone in your, your story is going to die. It's going to be the end of it all. But we're going to continue the lie till we die. Nobody's doing that. Peter, when, when, when Peter's story unfolds, Peter's so convicted. And you have to understand, well, you have to ask yourself a question is this, why would you do this? Why would you go to this point? The disciples at one moment, they're all defeated and running when Jesus dies. When he's resurrected, they're all changed. Suddenly they've got this power. Peter's like telling everybody he's getting pounded. He's getting beaten by the authorities and everything else. He risks his life everywhere. When it's time to die, they're going to crucify Peter's like, I don't even deserve to die like Jesus. So crucify me upside down. Tradition has it. He's been, he was crucified because because he didn't feel worthy to be to die like Jesus. Why? Because they saw him. Like, like, like they saw him, like this guy was dead, and then he's here talking again. Who would do that? Jesus would do it. Another step in this, okay? Let's press a little further. When the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that happened. What you're supposed to hear here is that the guards are telling the chief priests an angel came down, rolled away the stone, and Jesus got up and walked out of the, the tomb. That's what happened. They had, there was eyewitness reports of people that are not worshiping. They go and say, this is what happened. And, and here's what the guards, the, the chief priests say, of course, religious men, Supposedly, God's people moved correctly to do a really good thing. <laughs> when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, that's never good. 
They gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. This is bad. <laughs> if the report gets back to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble because sleeping would get them killed. They would be, you know, they, they would be, their lives would be taken from them for sleeping on that situation. So, so the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. So, so the women are in the story. The disciples are risking their lives. The, the, the chief priests are buying off the eyewitnesses. There's some, there's some power in this, right? Why would you do that? What would be the case that would cause you to do something of that nature? Well, there's one more, one more step in this part of the story. Not only were the disciples willing, not only were the, the chief priests buying off people, not only were the women known as the first witnesses, but here, as Lonnie read so well in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, for, I received, for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. Nothing bigger than this. Christ died for our sins. Remember that stuff you're holding right now? All that struggle and brokenness, the lostness, the confusion. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture, and that he, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 other brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living though some are falling asleep, meaning what I'm saying, just go ask anybody. Anybody in Menford, anybody in Denver, anybody anywhere, they know this story. They saw him with their own eyes. Just go ask them. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born so, so what, you, what we should be thinking is how historically reliable. Man, listen to this story. Not only does he, is Matthew telling us a cool story and Paul lobbing in all this other stuff, it, it is historically reliable. I can hang on to this. And Paul says again and again, in the words of Lecrae, Paul says, if Christ ain't resurrected, we wasted our lives. That's if our lives are built on Jesus being alive, right? You're only wasting your life if he's not resurrected, if your life's already built on him being alive. If your life's not built on being alive, if Jesus isn't resurrected, it doesn't matter. In fact, if Jesus is resurrected, it doesn't matter if your life's not built on Jesus being alive. It's just living this thing, and when you're done, it's done. And I can't think of anything more hopeless than that. You're welcome to help me out, but... I can't think of anything more hopeless than that. But like I said, you're welcome to help me out. Because we can, yeah, no. There's nothing more hopeless than living a life without Jesus. The paralytic in the story, right? Remember the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven. Who can forgive sins of God except God alone? Oh, well, which is easier? To tell you that I am him? And without me, you will die in your sins. But if I go and die on the cross, the one, the perfect lamb, one for all time, and if I die for you, your sins will be forgiven. How you, what do you mean, Jesus? And then he dies, and then even the 
apostles, the disciples, that everybody are sitting there going, what just happened? And Jesus, if Jesus could get a word to him and say, don't you remember the paralytic? Hang on. Don't you remember the paralytic? Give it a moment. Which is easier. And Jesus comes up out of the grave and walks off in full view of people who are bought off. And he stayed anyway. He told the story. So what does this mean to you? Here's an important thing. If this is true, and it is true, what does this mean to you? Because someone can't die and come back from the dead for you. In other words, taking your place, your life was death. That was all that was coming. Sin means death. It's separation. You can't, that, that doesn't happen and you just go, oh, thanks, moving on. It demands something, right? What it means, first of all, what it means to us is that all God's promises are true. Whatever you read in Scripture, whatever you're watching for, they're all true. That sins really are forgiven. That death is defeated. You, you heard the, the saying, right, through Scripture. and You hear people just say it all the time when they really understand the depth of it. Death, grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Hell's been defeated, right? Jesus took the keys. And, and so your death is final. Your death isn't, wow. There's a whole lot of things this would mean for us. I have a note here. It's really weird to say. Did, don't you find it weird that Jesus could raise from the dead and people who were supposed to be watching for him would pay off people to keep their mouths shut? We don't want it to be like this. Oh, it can't be like this. This would change everything. That really does mean the old covenant's gone. It really does mean the law of sin and death is over with. It really does mean I've got to quit hanging on to everything back here, and I've got to step into something new and different. I've got to let go of death and hang on to hope. I've got to let go of death and hang on to life. And not only do I have to, I've got to let go of my control because control is what holds us all down thinking we can save ourselves. You can't save you. You won't save you. You cannot do that. And so the, the Pharisees thinking they're saving themselves, giving out a little cash here and there, just keep your mouth shut. It's going to be this way or you're going to be in trouble. We're going to fix it like this or you're going to have a problem. And, and I find it so weird because that spirit isn't dead. That spirit is not dead. There are still those among us battling with wanting to hang on to something old and something dead and something lost. They're still trying to put new wine into old wineskins while the world is dying, wanting a fresh breath. But we can't, the wineskins keep busting before we can get the story there. Man, now there's a picture story for you to hang on to. The story would mean that if Jesus is true then he is the only one that matters. That the Old Testament, though awesome, and a schoolmaster teaching us how to hang on to the new is old covenant. That what we used to do don't work anymore. What he says and what we're doing is the only thing that brings hope. And so we take love and life and hope, not death and condemnation and separation, because that is why Jesus died, to do away with all the first and to bring all the together. That's his story so we say, death, where is your victory? 
grave wears your sting. And one last thing. Then the 11 disciples, went, they, were, they went to Galilee like they were told, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They're with him, and they're doubting. Doesn't that give you hope? That should give you some hope. Stop beating up on the disciples. This is so difficult. It's so hard. I saw you, you're alive. I thought we were going to, it's not, what? I didn't understand. So be gentle with yourself, but be gentle leaning into Jesus, not running from him. The world is hard, man. Sometimes the church is hard. We're going to be gentle with one another. Jesus told them, 11 disciples went to the mountain, and, and, and you know, they were there, and Jesus, where Jesus told them to go. They, they saw him, and they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. It's been given to me. Therefore, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Not anybody else. What you're looking for is the hope of Jesus. He's the only name, the only thing. We probably could say Jesus a lot more at church. That'd probably be a good thing. We probably should say Jesus a lot more in the back. We probably should say Jesus in the bathroom. We probably should say Jesus when we're eating. We probably should say Jesus a lot, lot, name a lot more than my eyes are well, Doc Counter, because of Jesus and Doc Counter. Not because of just Doc. He knows it. He would tell you that story, man. And I do too. My, my vision is because of Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise God. We need to learn to say praise God. We want her to say Hosanna. <laughs> it would be pretty good to say hallelujah because he's good. He's really good. And it is out of place for those who are his to not say praise Jesus, not to worship, not to be moved, not to be changed, not talk it. We're not at a funeral. This isn't a funeral. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, make those who follow him of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit. This is is contextual. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Baptizing them. This is powerful, teaching them to obey. What? What I told you. We love Mark. He who believes and baptized shall be saved. He believes not coming to you. Believes What? Jesus, only Jesus. He has all authority. It's all his. And so this morning, I tell you, I want to, I'm, I'm happy to tell you, Jesus is not in the grave anymore. And you're not going to stay in the grave. Jesus died for your sins, one for all mankind. You are forgiven. Your sins are forgotten. You are forever free, completely free. Don't go back to that junk. Don't choose to walk away. You're free. You're God's children. Live in light of resurrection. Live on this side of resurrection. Stay away from the grave and death. Stay away from that stuff, the law of sin and death. You're under a new covenant, the law of the spirit of life. Wow. What a Lord. Hallelujah. What a Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a God. Wow. If you struggle in any way, if you're battling with this, if you doubt like the disciples, if you doubt like some of us, you fit right in well here. But you could come forward if you desire. One of our elders who they will say, I struggle and doubt sometimes too, will pray with you. If you're online and need encouragement or prayer, you can get a hold of one of our elders or Tim or myself. If you've not been immersed into Jesus, 
What a beautiful story. The death, burial, and resurrection. It's what you get to enact. And Romans 6 says, if you have died with him a death like his, and you've been united with him in that, if you've been united with him, then you'll certainly be, right, you'll be with him in resurrection. You will be resurrected like him. What a powerful, beautiful hope. And they will help you with that as well. Whatever your desire, listen, this is the gospel message. Jesus Christ, the good news for all mankind. He died. He rose again to free you forever. Whatever your desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who had thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men. Oh, you rescue the souls of men. You That's the biggest since COVID. That's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Um, in your bulletin, there's just all kinds of information. Um, there is a baby shower for uh, Brittany Gamp on May 13th at 2 p.m. at Sunshine, and it's a girl, so you don't have to guess what color to what color to buy. Um, VBS information is in there. Uh, 
Um, we, uh, we're still asking that you update your contact information. I think that paper's down back there now. It's gone, isn't it? Okay, it's done. But along that, along that line, we're, we're getting a church directory together. Uh, we'll be taking pictures this morning. And there, these little sheets are in the back back there. I know you can't read it from here, but it, um, it just asks for the family last name and then the adults' names, the children's names, birth dates, address, phone number, um, email, and, you can fill, and your anniversary. You can fill out as much of this or as little of this as you choose. That's up to you. Uh, but we would like to get those together, uh, put together for our, uh, our directory. Uh, on our sick list, I know I'm going to miss somebody, and I don't mean to, uh, I don't mean to do that, but uh, my friend and our brother, P.J. Glowder, is in the uh, James Cancer Center right now. I, I talked to him. I talked to him last week, and he said, my pain has just been unbearable. Um, he, has, he has what started as prostate cancer, and now is in his lymph nodes, and uh, I think up into his bones. So if you could just remember him, because that's all he ever asked for is prayer. That's the only thing he ever asked me for, is just keep praying. So if you could remember him. Um, Sharon Gamp is, is back with us this morning. We're very glad about that. Uh, Esther Crisp is here with us. We're very glad that she's here. We're very glad you're all here. Um, it was a great service, I thought. Very moving, very touching. I wanted to read uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and begin in verse 50. Now I say this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all pray together. Father, we're thankful for the beautiful day you've blessed us with. We're thankful for each soul here this morning, Father, and those that might be participating online. Father, we're thankful that we can come and worship you freely without any fear. And Father, we're just giving you thanks for your son, Jesus. We know that that word thanks is hardly adequate, but it's the only one we've got, Father. Um, we know that because of his death that we can be resurrected with him as we've talked about here this morning, and we're thankful for that, Father. Help us not to fear, but help us to be strong and brave. Help us to be a light in a dark place as we live in this life. Help us, Father, to do your will instead of our own. And Father, I pray that you will bless family time together today as people get together to eat. And Father, I pray that you would help us to remember that we can come here, we need to come here to worship, Father, uh, to commune with one another. We pray, we continue to pray for the sick. We thank you for the prayers that we have answered. 
And uh, we just ask that you would guide us through the rest of this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus. 